his PowerPoint wasn't connecting with our system, so we're going to try a different route. You can take it. <laughs> well, thank you. We're getting, getting technology sorted out. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, Austin. It's good to be here with you all. Happy Sabbath. My, uh, my role, I actually have several titles that I carry, and the reason that I'm here today is because I support uh, Family Life Ministries. So I'm going to be sharing with you uh, a couple of things that uh, Pastor Austin asked me to share related to marriage. Uh, if that uh, makes you a little nervous, it's okay. I get it. And we'll talk about that uh, just a moment. You're not sure what you're going to hear from a visiting uh, speaker on this particular subject. And uh, I'm going to explain a little bit more about why I would dare to speak about something that is either something you're in the middle of right now and or something you're thinking about or something that you experienced and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. But first, a story. Uh, there was an archbishop, it's said, who was visiting one of the districts of his uh, territory just to check in on one of the priests, and the priest had been conducting a confirmation class. If you don't know what that is, that's kind of the equivalent of a membership class, often uh, taking young uh, persons through uh, anywhere from 5, 6, up to 10, 12, 13 years old. And the priest was excited to be able to share with his archbishop how well the class had been going, and he happened to come on the day that they were having the class. So the priest asked one of the young ladies in the class to define the word matrimony. Oh, she said, well, that's a state of terrible torment that those who enter are compelled to undergo for a time in order to fit them for a better world. The priest was mortified. He said, no, 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 no. You're thinking of purgatory. The archbishop smiled and he said to the priest, let's just leave her alone. What do we know about it anyway? Uh, we chuckle at that, and maybe you're a little hesitant to chuckle because there's just enough truth in that that you go, ooh, should I laugh or not? Hmm. Because if you've been married, you know that some days don't go the way you thought they were going to when you got into this whole thing. Uh, if you read the statistics, you know that at for the last number of years, about little, little more than one in two marriages just don't make it. And I'm very aware that some of you sitting in this audience or those that are going to be watching this online are part of that 50-some percent that they, you tried it, it didn't work. Maybe you're on your second or your third. And you know the truth of that young lady's definition. You felt it. Uh, that's, however, only measuring those who actually get married. Over the last 25, 30 years, there's been an increasing number of people that uh, are saying, you know what, it's not worth it. We see the statistics. Maybe we grew up in a home that experienced the pain of a, of a, a, of a conflicted relationship. We're just going to do without that. We're going to avoid it. We're going to either choose to live together without getting married, or maybe we're not even going to uh, go, go in that route. And so we wrestle with this, this thing that marriage is this expectation even this, uh, some people believe a biblical mandate, and yet perhaps you've never found the right one. 
And so all of you are going to be hearing this this morning and saying, maybe I should have let the snow keep me home. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to hear another guy who, who is going to talk about how awesome marriage is, tell me all these wonderful things that I should be feeling when I'm not. Uh, while I get continue on, I'm going to have Austin get some help in handing out a little note sheet that you're welcome to use if you'd like. But as we, uh, what's that? Oh, okay. Uh, go ahead and raise your hand. Let the junior deacons know if you'd like one. Uh, we're going to be walking through today some marriage myths that can set us up to believe that marriage is something other than what it is, or that set our expectations on a path that causes and lead us to disappointment, frustration, and maybe thinking it's not worth trying this or continuing on. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now that we Christians, the church, have been complicit in establishing some of these myths in people's minds. It's not because we've tried. It's not because we're intentionally trying to deceive anybody. But sometimes we have said and acted and done things and acted in ways that have led people to believe that marriage is something different than what it actually turns out to be. And we set people's expectations up for some significant disappointment. Some uh, churches talk a lot about the decline in moral values and we bemoan what's happening to our society. And some churches are gonna talk about how marriage should look, but it's not so common for us to talk honestly about the real issues that we struggle with in marriage today. And so in our efforts to try to protect an institution that is beautiful and it's powerful it's important it is biblical it is god ordained in our efforts to try to protect that sometimes we lead people to believe things that actually they come away saying wait a minute that was that wasn't true at all that wasn't what i was expecting and so sometimes we respond the other direction and we say well maybe we should just keep quiet about it can't we have seminars for this thing <laughs> you know let the people who are married go uh, and talk about uh, marriage and let those that, uh, and maybe just let the people who are having trouble go somewhere else and talk about their troubles because anybody want to raise their hand? You know, my marriage is great. My marriage is fine. I'm putting my hand down, uh, not because I'm having any particular struggles in marriage, but I need you to know that my wife of 30 years this June is with me today. I'm extremely grateful because she's going to keep me very honest in front of all of you. She's going to make sure that every time I look over at her, I can't tell you something that I wish were true but weren't about my relationship because she's going to give me this side eye and we are going to have a talk later about some of that stuff. And I'm grateful for that because it's temptation for all of us to want to project the ideal and to say, oh, this is the way it, and leave you believing that as a, an expert, as I'm supposedly coming to you, that I can tell you how it's supposed to work. I'm not going to do that today. Um, because, first of all, if you've gone through a divorce and you heard we we're talking about marriage today, you've probably already thrown up your, your protection, your defense, and you're waiting for me to deliver something that is going to make you feel more guilty than you already do. I'm not going to do that today. If you're a single parent, you're perhaps worried that you're going to get reminded of all that you failed at and you couldn't do. And that's not at all what we're going to talk about today. 
And if you're single, you're saying, why in the world am I here? This doesn't relate to me. Uh, and if you're married, you're saying, oh boy, uh, he's going to tell me that he's got it and I don't. We're going to have some real talk today, folks. This afternoon, we're going to continue. But for this morning, we're going to be talking about three myths that I, I know that I had some beliefs in and that I've seen others as I've counseled couples through the years. They walk into marriage assuming these things are true. What they discover is, oh boy, this is not at all accurate. And the disappointment is palpable. I'm going to take the risk to talk with you today in church about something that may or may not step on some toes because there are three things that I think are significant and why we should risk this conversation. Number one, I'm going to see if I can make this particular one work. There it is. Um, God's plan for marriage is something that God designed into the human race as a blessing, and it is supposed to draw us closer together and build strong, healthy communities. So the fact that the devil spends so much time trying to take our marriages apart suggests to me that there is something significant about what God would like to do through them if we're willing to let him work. I'm glad he takes imperfect people I'm glad he takes things that are less than ideal and he says, how can we grow together? And that's the spirit that I want to approach this topic with today. Uh, there's another reason why I think it's essential that we talk about this, even though sometimes it's challenging to us because God designed marriage to be a tool for spiritual growth in your life. Where else are you going to find somebody that you give the permission to know that much about you and to demonstrate the kind of grace that God demonstrates for us. That while we are obnoxious, difficult, a pain in the rear, we still have somebody who loves us. You say, well, that's great for you. That didn't work for me. I understand that. 